I was thinking that the LaCroix facial thing was going to lead to somewhere funny. <laughs> and instead we just started talking about our individual desperations involving dentistry. People, people. Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy game show podcast hosted by me, Nate Rodolia. Each week I subject my guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea about them or if they just want to pass. And they don't really pass that much. Shannon, you and I have talked about this. This has been our recent banter, is discussing whether people want to pass or not. I don't. I don't think you need to even say that I, part anymore. Yeah, I think. I think we're probably. This is probably <laughs> the last time that I will say it until I forget and say it again next week. It's good though because you can you could really nail the title of the podcast. We say to find out if people have a vague idea. Yeah. A vague idea. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a muscle memory thing about doing these intros where it's just like, I don't I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, this week, our program will be about the 90s. That's apostrophe, 9-0, a little s. So that's the theme. And with me, as always, is Shannon Page. Shannon, how are you? I'm great. I have a big fear that you've tricked us into thinking it's going to be about the 1990s, and it's really going to be about the 1890s. <sighs> that's... I mean that would be oh, really mean of me. Did you see that face? That would be really mean of me if that were the case. But I don't. I don't think that's how this is gonna go. Okay. <laughs> uh, and our other guest, our special guest this week, is uh, call Sasha Baron Cohen because my wife is here. Oh God. <laughs> Jenny Leisure Regolia. Jenny, how are you? I'm doing well. Welcome. Well, Welcome back to the show. I'm... Thank you. You haven't been on since the Christmas episode that was the... Uh, I keep forgetting that I've been here before at all, so... Yeah! This is, this is good. This is my, it, was, it was my father's family side for Christmas that we did a show, I don't know, what, 30, well, 20-something episodes ago, because this is like episode 36, I wow. think. Wow. We're really rolling. Did you... You didn't do it here, in this no. physical space? No, we did it at, at, at my dad's house. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that was much reverie and drunkenness because I don't remember now, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it was a good time. And you would tied with to be there. with our our brother in law Taylor uh, on that program. So so you're familiar with almost winning uh, to your to your <laughs> estimation. <laughs> so close. Uh, so Jenny, as as our special guest, you get to pick whether you go first or whether you want Shannon to go first in picking a number for the topic. There are eleven topics. Uh, so you can either pick one through eleven, or you can make Shannon do that. It's uh, up to you. Shannon can pick. Let's be back a little here. All right, all right. <laughs> Shannon, you get to pick one through eleven. Um, I'll go with number five, right number in the middle. Five. Shannon Page, do you have a vague idea about Tamagotchi? Oh, I do. Great. Jenny, oh, yes. Tamagotchi. Okay. <laughs> I know an embarrassing amount. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Shannon, start us off. Tamagotchi was. A 90s craze. Oh, already bringing in the 90s. Um, it was yeah. a, It was a tiny little electronic device that kind of looked like an egg. And inside of it, there was a virtual pet that started as an egg that you raised. And you could feed it and give it light and play with it. And it would grow up into a little pet. And um, you could also starve it and it would die. Um, and I had one, and I was in college, and I had a job at an ice cream store, and I wore it in a necklace around my neck, and it would beep <laughs> when it was hungry, and I would stop, and I'd be like, excuse me for a second, and I would feed my Tamagotchi while I made customers wait. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Jenny, Tamagotchi, what can you add? I don't have a ton to add. Um, I mean, I guess... I can beat the one that you had because I had, like, ten. What? And I had them, like, all on one chain. <laughs> it's funny that you worked at an ice cream shop because I was at an ice cream shop one day with my, like, harem of, like, Tamagotchis and, like, someone from school saw me and I was a little too old to have, like, that many of these digital pets. <laughs> and, yeah, they definitely were, like, making fun of me when they left. But, um, let's see. Yeah, no, I like were... that you called it a harem of Tamagotchis. Yeah, like, what, what is a group of Tamagotchis? A flock, it's a harem. Maybe? No, I like well, it. Well, it wasn't just Tamagotchis. I guess what I have to add is there were other, like, spinoffs because they were, like, the nano... Oh, nano pets nano were Nano babies. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, nano babies. And gigapets. Gigapets. So, okay, that's the two, right. like, spinoffs, which I also had a few of each of those. <laughs> Um, but yeah, depending, I think, on, like, how well you took care of it, it would turn into a different kind of creature at the end. Like, it went through different stages of life, so you had to, like, make sure you cleaned its little 
area. Oh, that's like, right. It would poop, and there would be a little poop next yeah. to it with, like, stink lines and coming off of it. too long without a bath, it would also get stinky. <laughs> like, yeah. Is that the origin of the poop emoji? Do we think? Like, is that where is that where that intercultural lexicon? I don't know. I, wonder. I mean, Maybe. those didn't have faces. They just had like a little like pig pen type like stench that. Yeah. But it was the exact like little Hershey kiss it's thing. True. So little, it might have been soft serve. Poop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, the the Tamagotchi is a digital handheld pet created in Japan by uh, Akihiro Yokoi of Wiz and Aki Mayata of Bandai. Uh, it was released by Bandai November 23rd, 1996 in Japan and May 1997 in the rest of the world and it quickly became one of the biggest toy fads of the 1990s and early 2000s. As of 2010, over 76 million Tamagotchis had been sold worldwide and as of 2017, over 82 million had been sold. So they still rolled out... Six million units over the 2010s to 2017. I kind of want one. Yeah, like right? come back a few years ago. I remember seeing them in the stores. I like, think they were at Urban Outfitters or something for a little while. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, most Tamagotchi are housed in a small egg-shaped computer with an interface usually consisting of three buttons, although the number of buttons may vary. According to Bandai, <laughs> the name is a portmanteau combining two Japanese words, tamago, which means egg, and the end of watch. Tamagotchi is also very similar sounding to the Japanese word for friend, tomodachi. So Tamagotchi also means egg friend in Japanese. So there you go. That's that's what it was. There was some criticism and controversy though during the 90s because children frequently took their digital pets to school because the first two releases, generation in one and two, the character could die in less than half a day if it didn't receive adequate care. Oh yeah. And concerns over class disruption and general distraction from schoolwork eventually prompted many schools to ban the product. And here in 2019, every kid has a cell phone and no one cares anymore. This is true. There was a hack to that, though. Like, you could pause it if you wanted to, like, leave it all day without, like, it dying. Yeah, you could, like, somehow, like, go into the menu or something and that would, like keep it from knowing it was like being oh, it neglected. Oh, would just like suspend time exactly, passing? Exactly, yeah, I was very concerned when I went back to school and all my little friends <laughs> might die. I feel like right? there, was, there was a big thing too where people would babysit your Tamagotchi for you. I think you're right. If you were like going on vacation or something. Yeah. You could like, find people that would like on probably on Craigslist because it was the 90s. That you just go like... on Rover now and you pay somebody, <laughs> somebody $40 a, a day to feed your Tamagotchi. <laughs> do that. <laughs> Walk it around. <laughs> Great job. You're both getting two points. Woo! That was excellent. And Jenny, you get to pick one through ten. Okay. Um, three. Number three. Do you have a vague idea about Reebok pumps? Vague idea. Okay. Shannon, Reebok pumps? Uh, also vague. We'll see. Alright. <laughs> Jenny, what do you got about... I don't know how much I can tell you about them. Um, they were Reeboks and... I guess the gimmick was that you were somehow pumping them up, but I don't know if they actually pumped. I know that it was, like, on the tongue, and you would, like, squeeze it, and there would be, like, I don't know, some sort of sensation, at least, that the shoes were being pumped up, but I don't know. In hindsight, I don't know how much they actually did. Okay. Um, Yeah, there were a lot of, like, commercials where they were, like, pumping it up, but that's about all I know. Okay. Great. Shannon, what can you add? Not much. (laughs) That's pretty much all I know about it. (laughs) I do remember there was a Saturday Night Live sketch where they were like pumping it, oh. and it like, oh, but it was it was something else. I want to say that it was like a Reebok penis pumper or something. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and they pumped it into, and everybody was always worried in real life that you would pump it till it would explode. Right. And the Saturday Night Live sketch was about it exploding. I can't remember exactly. Which is what makes me think they didn't actually like pump up, or they would have exploded. <laughs> Well, what I can tell you is I owned a pair of these sneakers, as did my friend Drew when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, I believe Drew did pop one of his shoes. Oh, really? Yeah. So what it had was like an air bladder in it. So it basically just had like sort of a, a air bladder sock thing. And you would pump it to make the shoe fit tighter so that you weren't oh, okay. relying completely on the laces to get it in place. This was like a gimmick for the basketball Set of the of the late eighties, yeah, early nineties. Yeah, remember it was like make you better at basketball. So. Yeah, because you'd have crazy like crazy foot feel. I don't know. 
But yeah, you totally could like pop huh. the bladder by pumping it up too much. Could it, you it had like, a... unpump them. Like what if you? Yeah, like... they had like a. It was like a release. So there was like a basketball-shaped pump on the tongue. Yeah, that's what I remember. And then there was also like a push pin thing on the top of the tongue. That if you push that down, it would let air out the way that you let air out of a tire, right? Um, Because that's basically all it was. It was like a a tire tube. Um, The Reebok pump is a line of athletic shoes that was first released November 24th, 1989, but it ran through the 90s. It was the first shoe to have an internal inflation mechanism that regulated the unique fitting cushion in the lower and upper tongue to provide locking around the ankle. I feel like they pulled that directly from, like, Reebok's tech spec Oh, yeah, because they were always high tops, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you don't see enough high tops these days. I know. Although occasionally you see the kids with, like, they're doing the skinny jeans with the high tops. Did the high the tops, kids? like, way out. The kids. I, I'm, I'm too old to not say the kids now. <laughs> it's over for me. Skinny jeans with the high top. The skinny S- jeans with the high tops. Those kids with the skinny jeans. <laughs> Uh, in, uh, in February of 1991, D. Brown, who was a uh, basketball player for the Boston Celtics, inflated his Reebok pumps in front of a national audience before scoring a title-winning dunk in the 1991 NBA Slam Dunk Contest. That year, pump expanded into cross-training, off-road, golf, because, of course, like, <laughs> in a high-impact sport like golf, you need to pump it up. Walking, aerobics, and running shoes. So, yeah, uh, there you go. That's pretty much what it is. There's a lot of other people who did pump stuff, but... I have high arches, and today I have on Toms, and I had to buy special insoles for my high arches. Oh, yeah. They should put that technology in everything. Like, in my Toms, if I could pump them up... Oh, that would be great! Yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't have to worry about it. Especially if you could do it for arch support, because I don't think these didn't have the arch support thing. It was more like a... Oh, like the sides and... Yeah, yeah. But I I would love that, because I don't... I don't know if I have high, high arches, but I definitely have arches where, like... All shoes should have pumping technology. That's not a bad idea. Really, everything should have pumping technology. Pants, (laughs) shirts... Just make Hats. everything. Yeah, just so we can get... Chair. Yeah, yeah. Just... just squeeze you in a little bit. That would be nice. I would like that. It's well, like huh. a hug you can wear. Exactly. Which came first, the 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 Reebok pumps or Hans and Franz were here to pump you up? I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to find out. I'm guessing Hans and Franz. You up. 90s. I'm guessing Hans and Franz or were like Or pump up the jam. So many pumps. So many things pumping pump in the, the 90s. Volume. <laughs> pump up the volume? We were pumping like crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the idea for the characters of Hans and Franz arrived in 1987 in a Des Moines, Iowa hotel room while Kevin Nealon was watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger television interview during... Neelan and Carvey's first comedy tour. So, yeah. They preceded so they, the Reebok pump. So, yes. I mean, I hope... They should get a, a portion of the sales, yeah. really. Kevin and Dana, if you're listening, contact British shoe brand Reebok and demand, <laughs> demand recompense. And CNC Music Factory and Christian Slater. Yeah. I mean, I don't think CNC Music Factory has anything left, if no. we're honest. That's true. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Wonderful. I'm going to give you both a point for that. And Shannon, you get to pick the next one. Three. Number three. It's time for yes or no. Oh. For yes or no, we're just asking whether it's the 90s or not. So Shannon, you're going to get... Uh, I feel like this is a BuzzFeed quiz. You're, Shannon, you're, you're, <laughs> going to get two, you're going to get two questions and then Jenny's going to get two questions. So you just have to tell me, is it 90s or not? Okay. Okay. Number one. Wait, wait, wait actually happened between 1990 or in in a decade in the 90s or contains the spirit of the 90s? (laughs) No, that that is a good question. Um, uh, I believe it will be self-evident. Oh, okay. 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 uh, But uh, it doesn't pertain specifically to the decade. It might just be the number. Oh, okay. okay. So number one, Shannon, for you, is it 90s? A right triangle. Yes. Great. Good job. Jenny, is it 90s? You can't touch this by MC Hammer. Yes. I think that's correct. Yeah, 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 but probably just barely, right? Like 91 or 92? 1990. Yeah. I knew I I did that for a reason. (laughs) Uh, Shannon, the premiere of Seinfeld. Oh, yes. I think that's incorrect. Trick question. Trick question. It's probably like 89. Seinfeld premiered in 88 or 89. Let's, we're going to, I'm going to look. 
and editing break. I can't do the Seinfeld. <laughs> July 5th, 1989. Oh, so close. And Jenny, your last one is the number of luft balloons that Nina is interested in. Is it 90s? Well, it's not. It's not exactly 90. Right. No. It is in the 90s. Okay, yeah. yeah great. Good job. Okay. Perfect. How many left balloons is I was it? just going to be like, yes. <laughs> okay, Jenny, you get two points. Shannon, you get one point. Jenny. Jenny, you get to pick the next one. Number, okay. One, um, through, uh, one through eight. Six. Number six. Do you have a vague idea about the Oklahoma City bombing? Very vague, but sure. Okay. Shannon? Yeah. Oklahoma City bombing? All right. Jenny, start us off. We're going to get um, somber immediately. Aw. So, Oklahoma City bombing happened in Oklahoma City. It was a government building, I believe. It was bombed by Timothy McVeigh. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, mean, I know it was maybe, like, politically motivated, or he was somehow disgruntled in that regard. Um, that's about all I know, to be honest. Okay. So, Great. Shannon, what can you add? Yeah, I remember everybody thought it was a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he drove a van into like a parking lot near it, kind of or a, like an underground parking lot or something, and the the van exploded, and everybody thought it was a terrorist attack, and then it turned out to be poor American white boy syndrome. I don't mean poor in money; I just mean like poor me. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm sad. Um, yeah, he was basically just like. Like disgruntled, like you said. I think I stole that word from you. No, disgruntled, I and it, I, I don't know that it was politically. I can't remember. Um, I think he is in a jail here in Colorado, though. I think you might be right. Didn't he get the death penalty? Or he's he did. He did, did he? not been executed. Um, I think he's might be. I <laughs> <laughs> still there. He was. He could be here. He spent spirit. some time in a jail in Colorado. I think you're right about yeah. that, though. Yeah, lots of people are in the, the Supermax, right? Yeah. Where's that? It's like Canyon City, I think. South. Don't pick up hitchhikers. Yeah. It's like around, <laughs> well, because there's one, like, when you go to Buena Vista, like, southwest of the And they've the got Springs, those signs. And they're like, like, do not. Bad news bears. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, the Oklahoma City bombing was a domestic terrorist truck bombing of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in downtown Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, on April 19th, 1995. Um, and I would like to say, because it was a poor white boy kind of syndrome thing, but I think we should start calling domestic terrorism terrorism, because it counts, yeah. uh, no, at no, least for political purposes. Good point. Um, it was perpetrated by Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. Oh, I heard about uh, Terry Nichols. That's right. The bombing happened at 9.02 a.m. and killed at least 168 people. That many. Yeah, including Shit. a bunch of children who were in the daycare at the at the federal building. Um, it injured more than 680 others and destroyed one-third of the building. The blast destroyed or damaged 324 other buildings within a 16-block radius, shattered glass in 258 nearby buildings, and destroyed or burned 86 cars causing an estimated $652 million worth of damage. Uh, there were extensive rescue efforts. FEMA activated a search for it. Uh, until September 11th of 2001, the Oklahoma City bombing was the deadliest terrorist attack in the United States, in the history of the United States. Timothy McVeigh was, uh, he was a, a Gulf War veteran and a U.S. militia movement sympathizer. He was one of these guys who, like, met up at gun shows at the time because we didn't have the robust internet... Uh, network we have now where people can do that online um so he met up with a bunch of people who were like oh and they had seen i think ruby ridge was the thing and then also uh what was that the branch davidian situation had recently happened right where where janet reno had raided the waco compound and they killed a bunch of people and so there are a lot of people who uh, were in this boat of thinking that oh the government's going to come and, and take our guns and kill us and whatever else like they were assuming some sort of Basically, Alex Jones-esque deep state insurrection thing. And so, yeah, he decided uh, to be radicalized and to show the government what he thought. Um, So, yeah, unhappy about its handling of Ruby Ridge and Waco, he timed his attack to coincide with the second anniversary of the fire that ended the siege at the Branch Dominion compound in Waco. And there you go. Tragic bullshit. Is he... Was homegrown. Was he executed? 
He was. Okay. Yeah, Timothy McVeigh was executed in 2001. So you go. And the other guy, Terry Nichols. Oh, Terry Nichols. I'm pretty sure, sh- I, I feel like Terry Nichols like rolled on everybody. Yeah, he's still alive. He is incarcerated at the ADX Florence Supermax Prison. So there you go. Right here in Fremont County, Colorado. The Alcatraz of the Rockies is what it's known as. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. The Rock of the Rockies? The Rock of the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Rock. KBPI. The Rock of the Rockies. <laughs> that makes it really dark. There, that makes right? our... Huh? There's a movie script in there somewhere. Right? Like, yeah, you know, we gotta. Uh, there should be a rock Sorry, sequel. Dwayne Johnson. Cusack's not doing anything. Sean Connery could come back and do one more role. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. But I want The Rock in. Well, The Rock can be <laughs> in rock. it too. The Rock. He Nicolas could be Cage. The Rock. Is this recasting? This is first time <laughs> casting. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> the Rock, Nicholas Cage, Sean Connery. <laughs> In the Rock of and the Rockies. <laughs> the Rock of the Rockies. Uh, I'm going to give you both a point on the Oklahoma City bombing. And uh, Shannon? Yes. Shannon, next topic. One through... Is it me? Six. Six. Okay. Uh, two. Number two. Do you have a vague idea about Sweet Valley High? Yes. Okay. Jenny, Sweet Valley High? Something, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shannon, start us off. Let's talk Sweet Valley High. I never, I never read them. Because I was a Babysitter's Club girl. But it was a series of books about two blonde twins. I think one of them was named Jessica. And they, on the covers, were always perfect and pretty and preppy. And they got into adventures that I imagine were probably like, who's going to go to prom and who's going to make out with whose boyfriend? (laughs) (laughs) Mundane. (laughs) Very... Basic adventures. Yeah, basic adventures. <laughs> but yeah, so two blonde twins. Great. That, that works. Jenny, what do you know about Sweet Valley High? Yeah, I don't have a lot to add. I was also a babysitter's club girl. It was sure. way better. So it was way better. better. Um, the girls were more interesting. Diverse. They got into better <laughs> adventures. It's true. They had, yeah. They had jobs. Yeah, there were like ghosts and all kinds of stuff at the end of that. Um, no, let's see. I think the other one's name was Elizabeth. I think Jessica and Elizabeth were their names. That's I right. I could be wrong. That's nice. correct. Nice. Oh, you got it. Each got half a twin. That's great. Perfect. Um, gosh, I don't have a whole lot to add. There were over a hundred books in the series, and I think there were some spinoffs as well. Similar Ooh, yeah, to the were. Babysitter's Club. Like, I don't know what the spinoffs were, since I also didn't read any Sweet Valley High. But spinoffs are correct. So. They, they made a TV show out of it at one point. They did. I cannot remember the actress's name who played both of them. I can picture her in my head, but yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> Great. Sweet Valley High is a series of young adult novels attributed to American author Francine Pascal. Uh, who presided like over a team, to. who presided over a team of ghost writers <laughs> to produce the series? That's how yep. all of these books were done. Yeah, it chronicles the lives of identical twins Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield, <laughs> who live in the fictional Sweet Valley, California, a suburb of near Los Angeles. Uh, the twins and their friends attend Sweet Valley High. Uh, the series began in '83, and it was ended 20 years after the publication of 181 books. Damn. It's a lot of books. Uh, they're generally classified as young adult children's fiction and belong mostly to the genre of soap opera, romance novel, or fantasy adventure. The series gained popularity and spawned several spin-off series, including Sweet Valley Senior Year, Sweet Valley University, as well as the television adaptation. There were also novels Sweet Valley Confidential and The Sweet Life, which followed the, chil- the, the characters as adults. And those were published in 2011 and 2012. I remember that. I remember when that came out. The uh, the the TV show ran from September 1994 to October 1997. Damn. And uh, it starred Brittany and Cynthia Daniel, oh, who were the twins. That. I thought it was one actress. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed they were two, but I guess they were actually twins. Like a Patty Duke situation. I did watch the show a few times. But... Yeah, I, rem- I remember seeing it uh, in the kind of, it was on whatever, it was on Saturday Fox or morning. something. Yeah, and it was yeah. like not funny or The CW is totally going to bring that back at some point. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it now. At some point, we've got Riverdale. We're about to get Katie Keene and Nancy Drew. That's true. There's going to be a Sweet Valley High show and on where, the And CW. where should Sweet Valley High be 
but re- redesigned to be in Colorado. It's a stoner school, Sweet Valley High. Oh. Right? That could be good. <laughs> that could be a lot of fun. It might be a better show than the And the twins show. are the twins are two Bohemian free spirits that go to Coachella every year. Liz and Jess. <laughs> All right. That was that was really good. You guys both did an excellent job. I'm going to give you both one and a half points. We're killing it on the nineties. So still tied though, right? <laughs> Should be nineties. No, every there's week. a uh, you have a you have a one point lead right now. How did I get a one point lead? That was because of the uh, the yes no because Shannon missed oh, one of those questions okay. about Ooh. when Seinfeld those premiered. Those side games can <laughs> really yeah. make yeah. or break it. Side games are doing it. <laughs> uh, so so Jenny, you get to pick uh, one through one through six. Yeah, one through six. Uh, two. Terrible accounting. It's time to play recast. So for recast, you're going to recast a movie's leads okay. with whoever you would like. And this week, generally to uh, try to subvert Shannon's usual <laughs> I know what it's going to be. I know exactly what it's going to be. We're going to recast 1994's Speed, starring oh, Keanu funny. Reeves and, <laughs> and Sandra Bullock. Damn so it. Jenny, who would, you, who would you cast in the roles, in the lead roles of Speed? Oh, gosh. To think about this for a second. Hmm. Thinking. Sorry. No, you're good. You can edit. This he can out. cut all this. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just fix it in post. Yeah. That's like subjective category. Oh, that's the beauty of the whole game, really. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> Just yeah. I don't know any good reasoning for anyone. Um. I don't like this game. <laughs> it's hard because every actor whose name I know is somebody from the '90s. So it's not like I'm going to be like, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. Like, I don't know them. You just said those two names, Well, I know their names, but I don't (laughs) I don't know. 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 Without even a brief hesitation, you pulled both of them out. Can't be 90s. I do. No, no, they can be 90s. They can be whoever. You could could cast. uh, But usually when you think of recasting, you're going to go younger, and I don't. Younger actors are harder to think of, I right. think. Right. Like, I'm past no, that point yeah, now. Right? I mean, I don't care if they're younger or I not. You can, you, can cast, you can cast uh, Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn in Speed if you want to. <laughs> well, and you're getting the dynamic from African Queen on a bus. <laughs> on a bus. <laughs> I think you should get points for that. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to say, so for modernizing, we'll say Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. Okay. Oh, <laughs> just make that's... it into an awkward... Yeah. Oh no, that's good. <laughs> well, because it puts them in a position to like really rectify their broken relationship right. on a bus. On a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they make a baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to make a baby on a bus. I love it. If it's not a light rail, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a bus is just a, a light new, rail that isn't tethered to anything else. This new modern version. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. Speed it's a light on a light rail. rail. Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande are making a baby on a light rail train when it is hijacked with a bomb, and they have to keep the light rail going at whatever rate light 20, rails normally go. I don't know how fast they hour. go. <laughs> it, would, it would be kind of thrilling. I mean, you'd have a lot of scenes of just people like the, the thing just whizzing by stops, and people like, eh, okay. <laughs> Musical numbers, because if Ariana Grande is in it, there yeah, must be songs. That's, see, that's very smart. Because what's missing from Speed is there's no musical number. Because she was in that like hairspray remake a while ago. Yeah, was she, she was. Was she was like the the cute the sidekick friend, friend Penny? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was she really? I never saw the remake of Hairspray. I think hairspray. it was like the TV version that they did. Oh, a few years oh, ago. the live the live TV. Thing yeah, that they did? she's Cause... not really old enough to be in even like the <laughs> remake from the 2000s. Yeah, because the Travolta <laughs> the movie one, based like, on the musical based been, on like, the music. Exactly. <laughs> she probably saw that one. Like, in the theater. <laughs> she was like, great, I want to be in that. Did you know John Waters exists? I don't know anything. I'm a Disney kid. No, it's fine. I'm sure she's lovely. <laughs> Shannon, who would you recast in Speed? Um, I appreciate that you're trying to stop me, uh-huh. but you can't, because I'm going to recast it Okay. with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves, but in each other's roles. I like it. You're flipping. <laughs> you're flipping it. I really, I secretly hope that that's what you're going to do. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is a hardened bomb squad detective. Keanu Reeves is a woman just riding the bus, and when the bus driver is killed, he has to take control. He's like, what? (laughs) And she's like, hey. Whoa. (laughs) I can drive a bus. Very good. (laughs) 
Uh, Have uh, you noticed how much Keanu Reeves has been in the news lately? Oh, it's crazy! I feel like it's because of this podcast. I just want to put that out there. I, you know what? I would love to take credit for this. <laughs> I, 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 I like that a lot. Because, yeah, he's, he's, in, he's in a new video game that's coming out uh, next year. Toy Story 4. He's in Toy Story 4. John Wick 3 just came out. That, Always Be My Baby. Uh, He tweeted something to the effect of, uh, don't hurt animals or I'll kill you, as a reference to John Wick. And a bunch of people noticed that when he takes pictures with his female fans, he puts his arm around them, but he doesn't actually touch them, which is... He does the air. Yeah, he does the air, which is, everybody's like, that's so respectful, we love him for that. Yeah. And and there was, yeah, there was something today, too, that was like, oh, because everybody on Twitter... Uh, today or yesterday was doing puns on his last name. Oh yeah, Keanu leaves. Keanu leaves. <laughs> Keanu grieves. Keanu Aww. heaves. Keanu. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you call a Keanu that uh, is a fortune teller? <laughs> Keanu what? Reads tea leaves. Tea leaves. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so yeah, Keanu, if you're listening, uh, tweet at us okay. at a big idea pod, and uh, come be on the show. We'd love to have you. We're big fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> great work. You're both getting a point. And, uh, yeah. Shannon, you get uh, to pick. Two. Okay. Number two. Do you have a vague idea about the U.S. invasion of Haiti? Oh, shit. No. No? <laughs> Jenny? I'll U.S. invasion pass. of Haiti? Okay. Yeah. Wait. I feel terrible. <laughs> I want to take, take a guess, but it's going to... Uh, my history is so bad. You know you can always stump me when you throw history stuff on. Yeah, I mean it's... or po- or politics. Do you want to you want to take a guess at it? Go go ahead. What do you got? Uh, there was a guy we didn't like whose name I can't remember, and he was in Haiti, and we went and got him. Okay. Not right at all. It's not. That's not incorrect. It's not correct. It's not incorrect. <sighs> now I wish I can't remember the guy's name either. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily. <laughs> you know don't know who I'm guy. talking about. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. I'll, I'll read the thing. Um, and uh, you're both going to get points for this. Don't worry. Operation Uphold Democracy ran from September 19th of 1994 until March 31st of 1995 and was a military intervention designed to remove the military regime installed by the 1991 Haitian coup d'etat that overthrew the elected president Jean-Bertrand Aristide. That's not how I was. The operation was effectively authorized by the United Nations Security Council Resolution 940. Quaint times when we used to turn to the rest of the world to ask permission to invade other people's countries. Yeah, this was basically an operation to reinstate the elected president of Haiti following a following a coup uh, overseen by uh, President Bill Clinton at the time. That's pretty much the situation. I forgot that we invaded Haiti at all in the 90s, and we did. It's fun. History's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're both going to get 10 points for that. Thank you. And Jenny, you get to pick uh, one through four. Uh, one. Number one. Sure. Do you have a vague idea about the Wild West? Uh, in this context, I don't think so. I mean, it's not a trick question. <laughs> Do you have a wild, the Wild West? Of the 90s? <laughs> Could be the 1890s. The Wild West. (laughs) Okay. All right. Shannon, the Wild West? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Jenny, let's talk about the Wild West. I feel like I've been given a helping hand here a little, (laughs) but uh, perhaps in the 1890s, uh, the western part of the United States was wild. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's fair. No, it was just, I guess, it was not really land that was, you know, owned or governed, so it was open to whatever it was a free-for-all so lots of violent skirmishes happened there between natives and people trying to invade their territory i suppose so um yeah they've made a lot of movies about the wild west uh will smith wrote a song about it at one point right it was wild, wiki wild wiki west. wild wild wild, wild west. west yeah <laughs> wild wild west that's that's all i know anyway. <laughs> all right that was a trickier question no, that's that's good. That's good. Shannon, what can you add about the Wild West? Um, I've been watching a lot of Deadwood lately because I'm trying to rewatch all the seasons before I watch the Deadwood movie that came out on May 31st, and yeah. I love Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to just answer based on that. But, uh, yeah, so there were um, settlements that weren't uh, governed by the United States, but they were populated by 
people that had come from the East and were trying to set up their own systems. And Al Swearingen was in charge. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so they would have, so they, they may or may not have had like their own governments and their own laws, um, but it was kind of up in the air. Like on Deadwood, one of the things was that you could kill somebody if you had a reason. And they were just like, yeah, oh, that guy wronged you and you killed him? That's fine. Sure, makes sense. Um, yeah. So that kind of made it to the people on the East, East Coast kind of wild and crazy. Yeah, they were like, um, we're still puritanical and we're hanging out in philadelphia and you guys are weird yeah yeah what are, what are you doing out there it's wild out there and they were at least in deadwood it was a lot of people coming out to strike it rich on by panning for gold but i think some of them were like the oklahoma sooners were just people looking for land um and also to piggyback off of your will smith there was a movie in the 90s called wild west starring him and kenneth Branagh. Where they were... Kevin Klein was in it, too. And Kevin Klein. Oh, I love Kevin mm-hmm, Klein. Mm-hmm. And they were um, in the Wild West in the 1890s, but it was steampunk. Yeah. They and they had like to fight a giant things, spider right? robot. <laughs> That's what the song comes from, too, right? It was, it was like the soundtrack. So bad. It was yeah, so bad. Yeah. Uh, it was based on a television show from the 1960s oh. called Wild Wild West. Uh, Will Smith's character in that was originally played by a white actor. So that was like a, a, a huge casting boon for the 90s. But then the movie itself is actually pretty much only uh, racist slash uh, ableist jabs back and forth. Because Kenneth Branagh's villain character is in a wheelchair. And so they <laughs> so just, just so like, they just keep saying awful shit back and forth. <laughs> and, yeah. and the giant robot spider apparently was something the director wanted from a previous movie project that didn't get greenlit. And they were like, I'm getting that spider in a movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so the, the Wild West or the American frontier comprises the geography, history, folklore, and cultural expression of life in the forward wave of American expansion that began with English colonial settlements in the 17th century and ended with the admission of the last mainland territories and states in 1912. The Wild West, so in the early 19th and 20th century media, enormous popular attention was focused on the western United States in the second half of the 19th century, from the 1860s to the 1890s, a period sometimes called the Old West or Wild West. Such media typically exaggerated the romance, anarchy, chaotic violence of the period for dramatic effect. This eventually inspired the western genre of film which spilled over into TV shows, like Deadwood, novels, like, uh, Deadwood, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Probably some John the Car, Louis Lamar. Louis Lamar, that's what I was thinking. My dad's uh, Yeah, mine too. And comic books, as well as children's toys, games, and costumes. This era of massive migration and settlement was particularly encouraged by Thomas Jefferson following the Louisiana Purchase, giving rise to the expansionist philosophy known as Manifest Destiny. So there you go. The Old West. The Wild West. Wild Wild West. <laughs> wiki, wiki, wiki. Uh, great job. I'm going to get, let's see. Jenny, I'm going to give you a point and a half. Shannon, I'm going to give you two points. Oh, he's trying to make you tie. <laughs> and, uh. Just throw a question. Shannon, one, two, or three. Oh, my God. It always comes down to one, two, or three, and there hasn't been a poem or poem <laughs> there yet. There hasn't yet. Uh, two. Number two. Do you have a vague idea? Yes. About Natalie Cole's Unforgettable with Love. Oh my from 1991. god. I so do. Okay. <laughs> I don't Jenny. think we'll be able to add, but I, I know I do have some. Okay, Shannon, let's talk about Natalie Cole's Unforgettable with Love. I loved this song so much. It was probably a whole album, but mostly the song Unforgettable was um, Natalie Cole was an R&B singer whose father was Nat King Cole, and he had sung Unforgettable, and he had passed away before she became a professional singer, and she got recordings of it, and she did a duet with her dad, sing, both of them singing Unforgettable. Yeah. And it was amazing, and I still love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the video even had video of him singing it. with it her. Did. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's all I have to add. <laughs> No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have anything, Jenny? I don't think so, other than 
everything you've said. Because, um, yeah, I remember the video very distinctly. Like, there's a lot of footage of him in there. And they're, like, singing at the same time. And it's very touching. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember, too. My family had the CD. It was a huge deal. So, Unforgettable with Love, also known simply as Unforgettable, is the 1991 album released by Natalie Cole. So, it, it focuses on covers and standards previously performed by her father, mm-hmm. Nat King Cole. Uh, so other tracks on this record include The Very Thought of You, Paper Moon, Route 66, Mona Lisa, uh, This Can't Be Love, I don't know any of these other ones particularly well, uh, Darling Je Vous Aime Beaucoup, that's pretty good. I like a lot. Yeah, but it, it notably featured a cover of Unforgettable, which was a duet with her deceased father via the technology available at the time. That was pretty amazing at the time, actually. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Because it's like, it's like a Tupac hologram now, but it was 1991. So it was literally like 20, 27 years ago, which is crazy that that was 27 years ago, too. That makes me, that makes me sad, in a way. In oldness. <laughs> <laughs> in old, in old kind of sadness. If we're going to talk about oldness for a second, just to divert us, I had yeah. somebody at work the other day. Um, mention Weezer, and they go, you know, that old band Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to stab uh, myself in the chest, because they are, but I remember listening right? to their first album, yeah. and seeing them on tour, and thinking, Same. the band that opened for them when they toured was 311, oh, and sure, to this sure. day, I'm still like, oh, I need to listen to 311, that new band that I haven't gotten around to listening to yet. <laughs> And now and all like... members of 311 are 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they're really, they're, yeah, the, the only amber that they're dealing with is... Uh, it's got mosquitoes in it for Jurassic Park. Hey! Oh! We can bring 311 back. <laughs> We've got this amber with 311's genetic material in it. Uh, uh, Shannon, you're going to get a point and a half, and Jenny, you're going to get a point. I didn't get a point. I didn't have anything to add. It's, it's fine. You got a point. Because it ties us, I think. <laughs> no, I don't... <laughs> Not mine. I don't know. Uh, Shannon, it's your turn? No, I was first on that Okay. One. Jenny, one or two? Uh, two. Number two. Do you have a vague idea? Damn it! About Dolly the Sheep. I do. Okay. Yes. Shannon, Dolly the Sheep? I remember. Okay. Jenny, let's talk about Dolly. Um... See how much I actually remember. So Dolly was the first cloned animal that they took her cells and then made another sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, super controversial, I guess, because it proved that cloning is sort of possible. And that's yeah. the first time they had done anything like that. But it's about all I know about that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Shannon, what can you add? I think that Dolly was named after Dolly Parton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. Probably the science, one of the scientists was a big fan or something. But I do remember there was a, yeah, like you said, there was a ton of controversy about it because people thought this was going to be the beginning of cloning everything. That's right. And that it was going to open the floodgates and that we were going to, like, just start cloning humans right We'll away. be God now! <laughs> and other than Barbra Streisand's dogs, I don't think we've really cloned that many animals since then. Oh, yeah, because she clones all her dogs, right? Yeah, every time her dog is about to die, she clones, like, three more of them. That's crazy. But uh, they have to all be a little different, right? Yeah, well, it's... Well, nature versus nurture. (laughs) What? Why not just breed them? Yeah, no, she's got three of them alive right now that are clones of the original. Because, like, maybe there was a deal. Like, a three-for-one deal. (laughs) In case anything goes wrong with the first team. <laughs> well, you're, we've all seen multiplicity. We know what happens when you make a copy of a copy. <laughs> you get a very messy Michael That's Keaton. insane. There was also, okay, I'm totally sidetracking here, but I recently watched a documentary about a woman in England who kidnapped her lover. And he claims that he was kidnapped, but she claims that they just had, like, a romantic weekend away involving, like, lots of bondage and that's why he was tied up and she was like this crazy sensation in england in the 80s or maybe early 90s such a tangent i'm sorry oh no but early 90s but you're on you're on top but she was she was kind of this like ditzy pretty girl that england became obsessed with and then after this like after she got released from the kidnapping charges she 
disappeared to America and nobody knew she who she was until she hired a Japanese company to clone her dog in the 90s and she became one of the first people to privately clone an animal around the same time as Dolly and she looked different she was older she had gained a lot of weight and but all these people are like wait is that that same woman and she kind of like got back in the spotlight again because she had cloned like her three dogs (laughs) would you ever clone Xander no no because I think so much of Xander's lovableness is how he was raised because I I didn't get him till he was three but whoever had him before me trained him really well and I mean, if I got a puppy Xander, I would totally screw it up, and then I'd be sad that I'd screwed up Xander. Oh, that's okay. Dark timeline. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't think I could make an awesome Xander. Somebody else made an awesome Xander, and I get to benefit. You inherited from it. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Jenny, would you ever would you ever clone either of our dogs? I don't think so. I think I'm worried about the copy of a copy thing for one thing. <laughs> sure. I also just think you know each little animal has its place in the timeline, and then. When they go, that's their time, and then you get another little teacher, helper, friend. Yeah, no, so. I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think I think there's something that's nice about taking solace and getting to keep something around forever, but the thing that makes you value it is that it isn't. I mean, sure. I, think, I think the root of love is realizing that you don't have somebody forever. At least, I mean, and maybe that's just more of, like, a Buddhist take on the thing, but it's like, when you realize that something isn't infinite... You were able to value it way more than if you just assume like, well, this will always be here, so I don't give a shit, you know? Because if if I if we could keep making rockets and Tobies, like, you I know. think I would be creeped out by that too. Like, it wouldn't feel like the same dog to me in the second iteration. Right. It would feel like a new dog. And yeah. So I don't really see the point. Yeah, like it's 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 also brings up the idea of a soul, right? Like you can clone totally. the cells, but is this going to be? <laughs> the right. same dog soul, oh, sure. like probably yeah. not. Well, it would, it would almost certainly be a completely different soul within the body if yeah. we're going to talk about souls or something. <laughs> do, you, right? do, you, yeah. do you want to know soul facts? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know about those. No, they. Yeah, I read recently that animals actually do tend to reincarnate into your future animals often. So there's a chance that you know whether you clone it or not the soul of the animal will come back to you in a new pet eventually down the line like a dog's life yeah pretty much i mean i think that's the premise of the film right is that somebody keeps just following dennis quaid around in dogs right (laughs) in dog form (laughs) have you been have you been watching me did you know that i'm dressing up as a dog and following dennis (laughs) quaid (laughs) i assumed it was martin short ever since inner space i'm gonna get back in there i will find my way back inside you dennis quaid uh yeah, Dolly was uh, born July 5th, 1996, and died February 14th, 2003, a day after Independence Day and on Valentine's Day. Crazy, right? Uh, she was a female domestic sheep and the first mammal cloned from an adult somatic cell using a process of nuclear transfer. Dolly was cloned by Keith Campbell, Ian Wilmot, and colleagues at the Roslyn Institute, part of the University of Edinburgh, Scotland, and uh, the biotechnology company PPL Therapeutics. Uh, the funding for the cloning was provided by PPL Therapeutics and the Ministry of Agriculture. She died from a progressive lung disease five months before her seventh birthday. The disease was not considered to be related to her cloning. She was called the world's most famous sheep. From, by BBC and Scientific American. I can't think of one that's more famous. Yeah, I can't really either. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, the ones you count. That's kind of the only other... Like, what's that mattress but they're all... brand that has the sheep now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sleep the, Number. Sleep Number has <laughs> has those digital sheep. They're kind of Wallace and Gromity looking. You can buy little stuffed ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still not the as Dolly's way more famous, yeah. <laughs> to, to Shannon's point, the cell used as the donor for cloning of Dolly was taken from a mammary gland... And the production of a healthy clone therefore proved that a cell taken from a specific part of the body could recreate a whole individual. Mm-hmm. On Dolly's name, Wilmot stated, Dolly is derived from a mammary gland cell, and we couldn't think of a more impressive pair of glands <laughs> than Dolly Parton. So even scientists in the 90s. I'm going to say they were twins also, the sheeps. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, the, one of the plastic surgeons that worked on Dolly Parton's Memories uh-huh. is in Denver. Wow, that's that's something else. Should we plug? Do you want to plug them? Um, sure. 
Okay. I babysat for him when I was in (laughs) middle school. He's still practicing. I didn't babysit him. I babysat his daughter. Right, no. Um, But I did temporarily. (laughs) That would be weird. He did give me a summer job working in his office. This is probably really bad. I probably shouldn't say this. But they they were transferring all their file folders into manila envelopes. And so that they could put them into storage, and he hired me for a summer, so I just got an office in the back, and I would put on the radio and listen to Pump Up the Jam. <laughs> oh. And I would take the paperwork out of the file folders and put them in the middle envelopes and put the person's name on the front so that they could be filed away. And I swear to God, almost every single one of my parents' friends and my friend's parents had had some sort of plastic surgery done, and there were before and after pictures, and it scarred me for life, wow. seeing all the boob jobs and tummy wow. tucks. <laughs> My pediatrician was in there. It really freaked me out. <laughs> but he also worked on Dolly Parton's boobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something. <laughs> trying to think of something to do with Jolene now, but I can't. Um, great. I'm going to give you both a point. And Shannon, it's your turn for the last topic. <laughs> do you want the last topic? <laughs> Can I say no? <laughs> I mean, you can, but it, it won't stop anything. I'll take it. I'll okay. take it. Shannon, it's time for Palm and Palm to Tear! It's better to be a platform sneaker. Each, <laughs> <laughs> Each week on Palm and Palm to Tear, I present an object which is neither an apple nor a potato. And uh, the guest has to tell us whether it is an apple or a potato. This week, uh, it is a roll of electrical tape. Ooh. <laughs> so, Shannon, is that roll of electrical tape? An apple, a palm, or a potato, a palm de terre. I'm gonna jump right into this. Jump on in. I love electrical tape, actually. I it's have very versatile. rolls of it. It's very versatile. You can um when I was a teenager, I would wear it on my um wallet chain sure. in the nineties. <laughs> so that I always had like a not very sticky tape around. Also, I dated a boy that was in the, like, what's it called? The backstage theater crew. Uh, uh, oh, he was, a, yeah, he was tech. tech. Yeah. yeah, so he always had electrical tape, so I wanted to be cool like him and have electrical tape. Um, I often cover up my TV little light. It's a good, it is a good like way to block out annoying blue yeah. lights that might keep you awake. So, because of its versatility, I'm going to call it a potato. Great. Because a potato could be a fry, it could be a gnocchi, it could be a mashed so, much like electrical tape, a potato has a versatility that an apple just doesn't have. Excellent. Jenny, what do you think? Do you think it's an apple <laughs> or a potato? I don't think that's a... I can't argue with that at all, but I'll play devil's head. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with my usual answer, which is it's shiny, so it's an apple. Okay. But also, there was no Fiona apple in this 90s episode, so I brought some apples. <laughs> okay, great. Right, electrical that's, that's tape good. reminds me of Fiona apple. That's good. It's criminal. It could. It's dark. It's dark. It's a little sticky. It's narrow. It yells at everybody at the MTV Music Awards. You could could probably, like, by applying too much heat, you will offend it, and it will stop playing and leave. Hmm. Yeah. No offense to Fiona Apple. Amazingly talented. And, uh, yeah, you you can be as finicky as you want, because you're awesome. And we saw her at the Paramount Theater, and she played a fabulous show years ago. Well, great. Uh, I'm going to give Shannon a point, and Jenny, I'm going to give you a point and a half, and I'm going to add the <laughs> scores up, so you guys need to talk for a second, we'll find out who gets to play second chances. Oh, what do we have to play second, second chances? chances? So we had to remember what the categories were. Okay, so what if, let's recap, what have we talked about tonight? Oh, Tamagotchi? Um, no, we don't. Oh, we're no. just yeah, what The else? Wild West. Sweet Valley uh, Twins. Sweet Valley High. The Oklahoma City Bombing. Oh, yeah. I have nothing to add about anything we talked about. I was trying to pick up on stuff, but now it's left my brain. Um, what else did we talk about? Yeah, I don't know. And Reebok pumps. Oh, yeah. I really think we should start utilizing the whiteboards and putting the topics up I, as we yeah, go. Yeah, it would be, that would be good. That would be a nice way to make second chances work better. Because otherwise <laughs> you kind of have to remember what happened. I mean, it's only been an hour, but... That's fine. So the score right now, Jenny, you're in the lead at 23 and a half, and Shannon has 23. So Shannon, <gasps> second chances are okay. for you. All right. I'm going to talk more about the Wild West. Okay. I remember. Great. That was a category. Let's talk about the Wild West. Uh, the Wild West, um, you talked about how it led to movies. Mm-hmm. It led to one of my favorite movies, Young Guns, which we've discussed on a previous oh, episode. Yeah. That's good. And yep. Billy the Kid. Who was running around stealing horses and robbing banks 
I don't know if that's what he really did, but it was romanticized. Stealing banks and robbing horses. Yeah. It's close enough, yeah. <laughs> Stealing banks. So I'm going to take this bank from you. <laughs> um, and there were a lot of famous criminals, famous Wild West uh, criminals. Um, Mamas don't let your cowboys grow up to be cowmen. <laughs> I don't think that's how that went. <laughs> I know. But you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Uh, 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 Wild Bill Hillcock was famously shot while playing poker in the Wild West with a hand of aces and eights, which is why a lot of people won't sit with their back to the door. No, that's probably more gangster related. Doc Holliday got tuberculosis and came to Colorado, which was the Wild West, to try and heal his tuberculosis. So a lot of famous figures came out of the Wild West. And the Asian American community had a representation because while people were mining for gold, they would come and start businesses and one of the famous businesses they would start okay this now that i'm saying this out loud i feel like this is something really racist i learned in middle school but i'm going to say it anyway they would start laundromats where they would wash the clothes of the miners and they would have gold flakes all over it and they would they would keep the gold flakes they found while they were laundering the clothes and that is one of the reasons the asian american community was able to set up in the West so predominantly, especially in, like, San Francisco, because they were making money off of the gold miners' clothes by setting up these laundromats. It does sound like a racist thing you it learned really in middle does. school. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes sense, though, that, it might, like, mean, a it, miner might have, like, gold flecks all over them. It's not implausible, but it seems yeah. like a it seems like a stretch. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, well, they, they totally were able to steal enough from the dust <laughs> on me. <laughs> I hope they did, but it seems like a, like, romanticized version, too, of, like, their experience in the wild west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They were like, we also had Asian to build American this whole history. railroad ourselves while you guys abused us and didn't feed us very much. Yeah, they were, they were definitely taken advantage of for railroad building. Yeah. Well, hey, hey Shannon, that, that's worth two points, so you have one. Yeah! With 25. <laughs> Jenny, I'm sorry. You had 23 yeah. and a half, and it was, it was really close. Second chances kind of nipped at that time. No second chance for me, then. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to come back another time and be on the show. Okay. And you get that, that win that you want, that, that real win, not just the <laughs> half win. Can it be the 90s again? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll, yes, I'll come up I love with the another. 90s. I, I there's, a, there's a lot in the nineties to deal with, so it's not nineties trivia. <laughs> I think I think that might be what this turns into, probably for all intents and purposes. So, so Shannon, do you have anything you'd like to plug this evening? Shirts, shirts oh, by Nate. Shirts by Nate. And um, join our Instagram, a vague idea podcast. A vague yeah. idea podcast. Yeah, that's right. I will be posting the photo of you and Andrea and Alicia. Uh, tomorrow. Nate is making some amazing clip art pictures for our Instagram that look like B-movie posters, and I love them. So if you're not following our Instagram, you totally should. Yeah, I mean, if this isn't entertaining, the show, like, at least the Instagram is kind of entertaining, so you can check that out. <laughs> Jenny, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I don't think I do. Plug your business. Yeah, you should talk about I Heart Skin, which sure. is an amazing uh, local can... business. It is. It's uh, it's a local business anyway. Um, <laughs> I think it's amazing. You can also it follow me on amazing. Instagram. It's iHeartSkinDenver. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have been to Jenny <laughs> and her facials are amazing. Mm-hmm. And if you are looking for <laughs> skincare and facial information, not information, like facials. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> just, just call her and be like, yeah. I want facial information. <laughs> like book one. So this is a cheek. Um, no, uh, I Heart Skin Denver is is Jenny's uh, amazing business that she started herself as a as a female entrepreneur here in Denver, and it's a skincare business where she provides all manners of very high education and high uh, experience facials with all kinds of different modalities, from jade stone massage to uh, what's the electrical thing that you can zap your face with. Uh. Microcurrent. Microcurrent. That's what you mean. This girl has got certificates all over her wall of all the education she's gone through. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And she she does amazing work. I can say this as her husband, as a person who gets to be the guinea pig for most of the things that she does. uh, She does amazing work. I haven't had to pay for it, but you should. (laughs) And you should pay all the time. I don't know about that, but yeah, if if you like the sound of my voice and you want me to touch your face, we we can do that. (laughs) 
That's your new business tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. If you like the sound of my voice, and you, you want, want me to, to touch, touch your face. face. You don't even have to like the sound of my voice. I try to be quiet. <laughs> I heart skin. I heart skin Denver.com. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful business. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of A Vague Idea. As Shannon noted, you can follow us on social media at A Vague Idea Pod on Twitter, at A Vague Idea Podcast on Instagram. And uh, if you would do us the kindness, if you really like this show, tell other people about it. Uh, if you just like recommend it, or you send a tweet out, or make a Facebook post saying, "Hey, this is a show that's not terrible, and you might want to check it out sometime," that would really help us out. Uh, you can also go to any of the podcast services that you use and rate and review us. That helps. And if and you don't like, like us, tell us why. Yeah. If you don't like this, like, <laughs> talk to us because we're really open about this whole thing. <laughs> we'll um, change it. You know, what we're do you want to hear? Yeah, we're 30-something <laughs> episodes in. If you want every episode to just be us talking about the 90s, we'll do it. We'll do it for you. If you want us to just reenact Shannon's uh, middle school understanding of the Asian American experience in the Wild West, we'll do it. Maybe we won't do that. We probably won't do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this, and it means a lot that anybody's kind of paying attention to it. So we appreciate you. Uh, have a wonderful uh, whatever time of day it is. And uh, be good to each other. And otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, with Shannon Page and John Peros. If you like this podcast, and you like anime, you should check out my podcast with Sean Grolkowski called You Better Believe This. That's found at moleholeradio.com. If you like science fiction books, you should check out the press that Sean and I started. It's called Spaceboy Books, and you can find us at readspaceboy.com.